Aren't you glad you came to church today? Or that you took the time to tune in online, listen, to worship God in spirit and truth? I mean, that is one of the big ways that you continue as a follower of Christ or as someone who's searching for the real answers in this world. That's how you move forward. I love that last part, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Living hope, not a dead hope, a living hope. Jesus Christ, you're my only hope. And what a great worship set we had this morning to be able to sing those songs, those anthems to the Lord. I am so grateful for you this morning. I, I know that in our world, things continue to change. There continue to be um, challenges. We hear a lot of news. And let me tell you, as the church, the body of Christ, we need to continue to be people of prayer. Um, prayer not only over the obvious in our lives, but prayer over our world. There are a lot of people that are continually facing challenges. And um, this morning, we're going to jump into one of those stories in Mark chapter 4. So I'll let you go on and get your Bibles ready while I continue to talk. So it gives you a moment to find it. Mark chapter 4. Um, we're going to talk over the next several, several weeks about what it means to be all in. All in, and you've heard me say this for a few weeks, what it means to be all in on Jesus and all in on his church. All in on Jesus and all in on his church. During this season of life, what we've seen over the last many months, even year, um, there's a lot of change. There's a lot of challenge. There's a lot of things that come against us. And they're not just external. Um, external forces usually create within us internal frustration, internal stress, and you see that then come out in a lot of people's lives. We see a lot of these things happening. The way you overcome any battle that is a spiritual battle, by the way, we talked about that last week, the real battles we face in life, they are spiritual. There is an enemy who's been against the church of God for a long time, the children of God for a long time. We talked about that spiritual battle and how to stand up against it. But the way you continue to move forward in your life is you go all in on Jesus and all in on his church. This morning, as we made a shift in our schedule, let me just say it was incredible to see Bible study groups gather this morning to walk through God's word together at nine o'clock. If you missed out on that, we are all in on Jesus and on, and on his church and being the people of God. So if you missed out on that next week, yeah, we're rolling with that. Nine o'clock Bible studies on Sunday morning, groups, community, in a time of isolation and division. Here's a time to come together as the people of God and then to be able to shift our worship hour, which I'm glad you showed up, you know. If you were here at 10, you were early, right? But we moved our worship hour to 1030 to accommodate our, our Bible studies and our groups and our community life that happens early on Sunday morning. Sunday's always been important to the people of God. And so it's important to us. So we want to emphasize that right now to help all of us continue to move ahead. And yes, I realize that things even change. There's new, new things that go into effect tomorrow in our community. There are things that perhaps in your world you're still wrestling through as you process how you feel about information and what you think. Here's what you're going to see today. There is an answer to all of it. And it genuinely is, what are you all in on? I mean, what I see out there is, and by the way, I live in the same world you do, so I'm in the same places and, and have to make decisions like you do. And what I see out there is there's a lot of people all in on a lot of things. 
And if someone's all in on their position, well, if you're not all in on their position, all of a sudden, guess what you are to them? An enemy. But then if you think about it, you perhaps are all in on your position. And so if someone's not all in with you, what have they become to you? An enemy. And gosh, isn't division the game being played today? And you see a lot of opinions. And, and it's funny because people speak with such authority on their position that if you're not in their position, gosh, you know, um, you just really get excluded or put down. We see a lot of that. And here's what I'm finding fascinating. Nobody can solve that. What I find fascinating is it's even hard to have a dialogue with people. And what we think is, well, this group of professionals or this group of politicians or this group of people, they're going to solve the problem. And I, I want you to see today, they're the only person that really, if you go all in with them, can solve any of your problems is Jesus. It really is Jesus. And as a church, listen, here's what I understand. I don't expect people who are not in connection with God through Jesus to understand this. But if you call yourself a Christian, a child of God, saved and redeemed by the blood of Jesus, covered by the blood of Jesus, then the only person you genuinely can go all in on is him. And Mark chapter 4 is one of these great stories. What we're going to learn throughout this series about going all in is very simple. We're going to use an analogy for this entire series. Um, and this morning kind of kicks it off as the introduction. What we're going to learn together is it's just better to be in the boat with Jesus than anywhere else. You're going to discover as we walk through some of the moments where Jesus helped his people believe, where he helped his disciples, his followers trust, where he helped them experience miracles and overcome challenges. It's just better to be all in on Jesus and to be in the boat with him than to be anywhere else. So take your Bibles and we're going to look at Mark chapter 4 this morning. And there's this story. Now here's what you're going to find fascinating. I'm going to look at another part of Mark next week. This story is actually recorded a couple of times, which means there were some instances where Jesus did the same thing. Where he had to do the same thing to prove to his people, hey, I am for real. I can't help you. There are things that I can do that you cannot do. Are you going to trust me? These things happen over and over again. But before we read this story, I'm going to back up a few verses and set the context. Jesus is talking to his children about the kingdom of God. He's talking to his followers about what it means to be all in with him. All in on him. And so in Mark chapter 4, verse 30, he says this. This is one of his parables, one of his analogies. So he says again, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it's planted, it grows and it becomes the largest of all garden plants. With such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. That day, when evening came, 
he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. So leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? So he got up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified, and they asked each other this question. Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this we're talking about? Who is this Jesus that we claim to believe in to save our souls? Who is this man? If the wind and the waves can obey him, then what else is there in the world that's not under his authority? As we look at this story today, what I, I hope it sets a pattern for you this fall in the midst of noise, information, our world challenges. I hope that it sets in motion a pattern for you as we move ahead to go all in on Jesus because it's better to be in the boat with him. It's better to go all in with Jesus than to go all in anywhere else. Let me pray for us as we start. God, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to each of us, both in the room and in our online family. You have something to say to each of us, and so I pray that you will say it as clearly and distinctly and as perfectly as each of your children needs to hear it today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, one of the things that, that I love about this story is the reality that Jesus is in the boat. And I love this story because the people of God at that time that Jesus affiliated with were fishermen. So they knew how to operate boats. They knew how to get from point A to point B. They made a living on this. And, and Jesus called these people to become his followers, his disciples. They were the pillars of the early church. They were these, these people who genuinely not only followed him, but they learned to trust him because of moments that were challenging. This moment that we just read, a challenging moment. Uh, this story kind of reminds me of several stories um, in my experience of being out on the boat because you know I think it's a biblical sport so I love fishing and I think it's the thing that you know it's a good thing to do just my shameless plug there but I, I have several stories that I'll share over the next couple weeks one that stood out to me um, as I was preparing for this is this whole story talks about this storm and yet this calm. And if you've ever been out like in the Gulf in the month of August, that's where we are. I mean, I, one of the trips that I enjoy usually in August is going out because there are times where you can go out in the Gulf and literally it's slick. It's the most amazing thing. It's, it's calm. And, and it's so calm that you're going, there's no way this is the Gulf of Mexico. There's no way this is like an ocean. 
But it's awesome. I mean, the waves barely move. I mean, I've been out there before fly fishing, and, you know, it's like, gosh, you can actually cast your rod, and, and I've caught some fish that way. It's been awesome. But there's this one trip that I remember in August where it's like all day, and it was hot, and a friend of mine, we've been out there fishing. We're in the boat. It was a great day, and we have a box full of fish, and it's time to come home. And as we're coming, you know, from out in the Gulf, coming through and up the Mississippi, we look and we see these storms in the distance close to where we need to get to be able to get back to land and get the boat back on and the trailer and all that. So we, we see it. And literally, it's awesome because there's like a storm on this side and a storm on this side. And it's like, my friend and I, you, you think we can split the gap? Sure, yeah, we can, we can get there before these storms get too bad. So literally, I mean, it's awesome. He, he puts the hammer down. Here we go up the Mississippi. We're trying to get there. But these storms, they're going to beat us. And so they literally, they start closing in. I mean, this is going to be an adventure. And I still remember it like it was yesterday. And they close in. And here's what's fascinating. On a very hot day when the storms blow in, this is how you know you're in trouble. It gets cold really fast. Because you start to feel the breeze off of these storms. You, you start to just know, okay, yeah, this is the temperature just dropped dramatically. Now, it's really great after a long hot day of fishing until that first drop of rain starts to hit you. And by the way, as you go into it, it stings. It hits your skin, you know, because you're going into it. And these storms, they literally engulf us. And what was slick in the Mississippi, by the way, because we're trying to get back, all of a sudden... You have these huge waves. You have these white caps begin to develop and the wind begins to whip around. And, and pastor, you're crazy. Yeah, I know. It was awesome. <laughs> and as we're there, and, and yeah, it, it kind of gives you a moment to know who's in charge. He's in charge. And it gives you a moment of being nervous. We just keep pushing through. And then the, the lightning and the thunder. A matter of fact, one, at one point, like, it cracked so loud, the thunder and lightning. And this lightning hit the water that my friend's hand is on the throttle and literally, he's, ow! Like, static discharge came all the way through the water. Like, he felt it and is like, man, were you okay? Yeah, it just shocked me, right? Well, don't stop. Keep going, you know. We got to get through this. And, of course, we push through the storm, we get to where we need to go, and we live to tell about it another day. I remember that experience, and uh, he knows, he remembers it well too. And it's one of those life adventures that you'll never forget. Now, I realize that for some of you, you're going, okay, well, you could have died. But here's the thing, for this, this friend of mine and mine, it's like, you got to know who's in charge. You got to know who's in charge of the wind the rain, the seas. Now, I know that your brains are kicking in right now, and I know that, you know, we have these thoughts. Perhaps some of you, your anxiety's kicking in. You're going, oh, I could never do that. I get it. I understand that. And that's such the nature of our world right now. Anxiety kicks in. Fear kicks in. Um, you know, this sense of, can we make it? Are we going to make it? Am I alone? What's going to happen? All of that kicks in. But ever since I was a child... I can just remember moments where the Lord very clearly said, I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. I, I can just remember those foundational pillars of faith 
foundational pillars of faith. And if you know the Lord Jesus and you know who's in charge, those foundational pillars of faith, they don't just help you when storms that are lightning, thunder, water, rain, when those hit, they help you when you face real challenges in life, similar to what our culture and our world is doing today. As we think about those things, I want to give you a life lesson. I want you to write this down because when I think about this series and what we're doing as a church, you notice all of the, um, today, even the niceties of our campus, things that have been done even in the last week. Why are we doing that? We are moving forward by faith. We're not going to be paralyzed by fear or the past. We are going to push ahead because we know who's in charge. That's what you do when the world starts throwing storms at you. You don't quit. You don't shut down. You rally with those who love you, who those who have faith, those who believe in you. You rally in that moment. And with Jesus, you press on. And so you see some of that. And this applies to the series as we learn to do so. Here's the lesson. It's better to be all in with Jesus when the storms of life come your way. It's better to be all in with Jesus when the storms of life come your way. They're going to happen. They're going to hit. It's going to happen when you don't expect it. It's going to happen when you do expect it. It's going to happen. Storms of life are going to come your way. But how do you get through those storms? It's always better to be all in with Jesus. It's better to be in the boat with Jesus than to be anywhere else. Mark chapter 4, as we look at this story, gives us this all-in moment. What does it mean to be all-in? I want to define this for us as we look ahead in the weeks that are upcoming because we're going to take different moments, snapshots of life um, where we face different emotions, different feelings. We're going to unpack one of those each and every week. And when I think about being all-in to overcome those, all-in is that moment when you come to realize that Jesus is your only hope. All in is that moment when you come to realize that Jesus is your only hope. Now, I think this is very appropriate for the world we live in today because what happens is you've gotten a lot of information in the last 18 months plus about what your only hope is. <laughs> and yet, that information keeps changing. I find that fascinating. You know, it starts as one thing, and here's your only hope. And, and then it moves to another, and here's your only hope. And then it moves to another thing, and here's your only hope. And what's funny is the information of people, it constantly shifts. We're all trying to figure it out. I just wish people would just be honest and go, we're just trying to figure this out. We really don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't it be interesting if someone was honest about it instead of taking such a vehement side to put someone else down both ways? Isn't that interesting? The only person that's going to help you tackle wherever you're coming from, whatever perspective you're willing to take right now, whatever hill you're willing to die on, the only person that actually is going to be able to give you an answer beyond the moment your hill changes is Jesus. And it's better to be all in with Jesus than it is to be anywhere else when the storms of life. And the moment that you realize that Jesus is your only hope, the moment you realize that Jesus is your everything. He's your everything. He's not an option. He's not an addendum. He's not a footnote. He's not an add-on. He's not a supplement. He's your everything. The reason many of us 
struggle when the storms of life hit is because we've just made Jesus something else, a supplement. He's an option. He's optional. We're not really all in on him, and we're not really all in on his church. We just kind of have it as a supplement to life. And when it's a supplement, it's the same as an opinion about something else. But when you're all in on Jesus being your everything, then you begin as a person to be able to battle every storm that comes your way. Let's look at how that happens. The first thing that is pointed out, and I had to back up a little bit because this is the foundation for everything we've talked about, but it's the foundation for the miracle that you just read about. It begins when you recognize, first and foremost, the significance of your faith. The significance of your faith. Where is your faith placed even in this generation? The challenge is we are asked to place our faith in people. People that are made in the image of God, people that are created, people that are smart, people that are strong, people that are wealthy. But here's the thing, they're still people. And as far as I know, every person that I've ever met is flawed in some capacity, in some way. So if my faith is in people, at some point I'm going to be disappointed, let down in some capacity. We're, we're asked to put our faith in people. We're asked to put our faith in systems, belief systems, church systems, political systems, ideology. We're asked to put our faith in those. But here's what's fascinating. All of those things at some point, because if it's given by a person, it's going to let you down. The reality is a lot of people are let down by religion. Why is that? Why would people be let down by religion or the church? Well, because they dance all around Jesus and they put themselves in a system of, well, let's do this or let's check this box and things will be better for me. And they get very religious in their behavior, but they never step forward into an authentic relationship with the Son of God. And so then they're going to find discouragement. They're going to question, they're going to doubt, and then they're going to run out the door and go on and be like everybody else. That happens. Why? The boat was somewhere else. <laughs> Jesus was in another boat. <laughs> they weren't in the boat with Jesus. And perhaps you've found that in your life at times to happen. As we look at a story next week, perhaps there are times where your eyes get off Jesus and you just start sinking when the storms come your way. The reality is faith in Christ is the only way by going all in on him that you can move through the storms of life when they come your way. Faith in him, and it's very significant. Before this storm happens, what did Jesus spend all of Mark chapter 4 doing? Talking about faith. The whole chapter. Now you can back up and read it, but I wanted to just include one portion. Number one, just because of time. And number two, because it's a big statement. He gives the example of the mustard seed. Now, if you've ever planted a garden um, down in the south or elsewhere, you know that there are different sized seeds for the plants that you will plant, right? And if you're going to plant turnips or mustard greens or anything like that, that seed is a small seed. But you know that once you prepare the the soil, when you have the seed bed prepared, you've got your ground fertilized and all that, and you put that seed in there, 
in just a month or so, you're going to see that plant develop. And if you leave that plant alone and you allow it to grow, in a couple of months, it's going to be huge. I mean, that plant, that little bitty seed, turns into something significant. Well, Jesus used that analogy back then to describe the kingdom of God. And what does he say? It only takes the faith of a mustard seed. It only takes the smallest amount of trust in who Jesus is, in who, what God, in who God is and what he wants to do. And that simple amount of faith can grow into something truly substantial and significant that actually is helpful for others. It actually provides shelter, a place to grow, a place of health for those around. That's what the kingdom of God is like, Jesus says. And it reminds me, it reminds us that if we want to move through the storms of life, it is the significance and the simplicity of our faith in Jesus Christ that carries us through. Sometimes we will find in life we complicate things. Have you ever complicated things? Have you ever lived in a complicated world, a complicated job, a complicated relationship? And yet, Jesus says, it's very simple. It just takes a minute, small amount of faith in him that can grow into something significant and great and carry you through even the most difficult, challenging times of your life. It's the significance of faith where he talks to them in parables over and over again as much as they can understand. But I like this one because it's not complicated. He would share with his followers, the church, the early church, he would share with them, the disciples, this is what it means. And here's what it means. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. I can carry you through this. Now he gives them the simplicity of this principle. And for you and I, it's very important today. That's the foundation. Wherever your faith is, that's what you are then able to experience when the storms come up. He gives them this first because the storms are going to come. Now, did they know that they were going to go out in a boat and the storms were going to come up? Probably not. But what a great moment to practice what he taught them. And how did they do? Well, they didn't do very well, right? <laughs> the storm arose, the challenges came up, and how did they do when that happened? Well, they, they start panicking. And that reminds me that in our lives, there are moments that create deep challenge to our faith. There are moments, but I want you to grasp this this morning. The power of the moments in your life where you exercise the significance of your faith, those are the moments that set you up to have courage and victory as you move ahead. They are powerful moments. Have you ever had your life change in a moment? I mean, I think about during this season of life, there, there are members, friends, people within this family who've lost a loved one and their life changed in a moment. In a moment, everything changed. Um, in a moment, you know, I can remember that story I told you where, hey, it was a great day and then all of a sudden, boy, this is going to be an adrenaline rush. In a moment, the storms come up. 
In a moment, you're doing life, and then the doctor says, hey, I, I see something. We need to look at that in a moment. And those moments will grab you. Those moments for you can change everything. How do you deal with the moments when the storms come up, when things change on you? How do you seize those moments? The power of the moment, whatever it is that comes your way, is, this, is, is exercised in the significance of your faith. That's why Jesus gave them faith first. Because moments are going to arise. What you do, what I do, what we do with the moments where a challenge comes is going to be determined on how much faith you have in the Lord and in what he's asked you to do. You might face a challenge. Maybe it's in your schooling. Maybe it's in your view of yourself. Maybe it's a thought that comes up that says you can't, you don't belong, you can't fit in here, you won't achieve. Those things come at you mentally. They come at you physically. Someone may put you down or say, you know what, you... You weren't raised to do this, or you come out of, the bad, out, out of a bad background or neighborhood, you'll never arise. And if we believe in those moments where those challenges come up, if we believe the negative and we don't exercise the faith of Jesus that has sealed you, saved you, and empowered you as a person, if we don't exercise that faith, faith we will be defeated in a moment. However, if, because we say, you know what, Jesus... You're with me in this. Jesus, you have spoken that it only takes the faith of a mustard seed to believe in this situation and push ahead. If we will seize the moments that come our way, that God gives us to live and truly live, to overcome and truly overcome as victors, if we will do that, we as Christians, you as a child of God, a daughter of God, a son of God, you will rise above the rest because of the significance of your faith exercised in the power of the moment. The power of the moments when they bring us bad news or when they bring us challenges that we can turn into opportunities, seizing those moments... And trusting in the Lord by faith are the moments that we can overcome. We have a dear sister in Christ um, who is connected to this family of faith. And they have relocated. Um, she lost her father this week. And that has devastated her in a great, great challenging way. But I sent her a note this morning and I said to her, listen, you will rise through this. You are a daughter in the family of Jesus and your faith will allow the sun to shine in your life again. And you will rise up and overcome this again. Now that is the power of a moment. Because in this moment there's loss, there's grief, there's darkness, there's a storm. But if we appeal to the significance of our faith in the Son of God, the Savior who controls it all. If we appeal to Him, then guess what? In the power of the moments that challenge us, we will also grip, hold on to, cling to our faith, and therefore we have an anchor, a substance that will cause us to rise up when the storm passes. That's how it happens every single time for you as children of God, for us as the family of God. That's the importance of going all in on Jesus in every moment of life because when the storms come it's just better to have him i can't imagine many of you say this and it is true if you don't have an anchor in jesus in a relationship where god's walking with you speaking to you encouraging you and you're not nurturing that relationship gosh this is a hopeless world this is a challenging life and to face some of the things that people are facing today without christ wow 
That's so difficult. But to know that you have Jesus, to exercise the significance of your faith in him, to be able to say that in the moment I choose to trust him versus everything else. In the challenge, I tr choose to put my, my life in the hands of the Lord over everything else. That's the moment that your faith begins to shine. And here's why. It's the third thing. Jesus teaches something that's very important. And I think it's important for us to grasp. You see, when we realize that he's our only hope, when we choose to be in the boat with him, when we choose to go all in on Jesus and his church, his people, and connecting with those who trust him as well, we're acknowledging who's in charge. And that's acknowledging the authority of the Savior. We are willing to acknowledge that by faith, in the moment, whatever it is, that we are going to acknowledge who's in charge. Who has the authority? Who has the authority? Now, the story I, I told you earlier, I've, I've throughout my life just developed this mindset. God's in charge. He's in charge. Jesus, he has the authority. And you know what? He had to remind his disciples of that just like he needs to remind you and I of that today. Do you know where they found Jesus in the boat? At least he was in the boat. But do you know how worried Jesus was about the storm? How much did the trial of life bother Jesus? Did it catch him off guard? Was he stressed out? Was he anxious? Was he like, oh, now this is too big for me. I can't handle this. I mean, that's a thunder popper, right? That squall just came through. I mean, it's a category whatever. I can't handle this, right? I think we forget as people in the midst of the storms of our lives, particularly as Christians, I think we forget who's in charge. I really do. And therefore, we get our eyes on the storm. I think we forget that Jesus is in the boat. The boat, by the way, is your heart. If you've asked Christ into your heart and you genuinely believe him, then listen, Jesus is in your boat. He's in your life. He's in your heart. He is with you. And he's right there in the midst of whatever it is you face. And listen, it doesn't have to be um, world news, pandemic news. It doesn't have to be any of that. It could be your personal health. It could be your relationship. It could be your financial struggle. It could be something with your home. It could be your belief system about your own being or your own opportunities or what you can accomplish. But listen to me. Jesus is in your boat. And the Son of God was in the boat. And the Son of God has authority over the winds and the waves. The Son of God has authority over the storms. And to be able to watch that authority become powerfully exercised, it takes the faith of a mustard seed. It doesn't take a mountain load, a truck load, a boat load of faith. It takes a mustard seed. It takes just enough to say, you're in charge, Jesus. You got this, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus, in this moment, whatever your moment is, in this moment where everything changes, where everything is changing. Okay, Jesus, I trust you. I, I love the detail of this story because it says this fierce squall comes up and the boat begins to take on water. 
But it says something about Jesus. Did you notice this when you read it? It's not just that Jesus was asleep. I love this little detail. I looked through the translations multiple times. I thought, this is fascinating. Why would you write that down in the Gospel of Mark? Why is this there? Jesus was asleep on a cushion. I mean, that's kind of funny, right? I mean, you, you think about it. Uh, it's not that Jesus is, is asleep on the hardwood boat, right? He's really comfortable. He's like, man, I got my sleep number dialed up right now. Jesus is there. Matter of fact, I mean, if you had a little bit of humor about this situation, which we usually don't when we're in the midst of a storm, we don't. But if you have a little bit of humor, it's like Jesus got up and he yelled at the storm, right? I wonder if he just yelled at the storm because he's mad they woke him up. I bet he was sleeping really good, right? He's on the cushion. He's in the boat. He's with them. He knows it's good. But they doubt him so much. I, I wonder if he had to use his authority and exercise his authority because they pushed his button. You ever think about that? I mean, I wonder if he's like, why in the world are y'all worried about a storm when the one who controls all the storms of life is right here with you? Why are you worried about that? Why'd you wake me up? I was sleeping good. I mean, that human side of Jesus, you know, we know he's the son of God, which is a beautiful picture, by the way, for anyone that would ever doubt his humanity and his divinity all combined into one person. This is it. This is that moment because he's resting as a human. But when he wakes up, all he has to do is go, y'all stop and boom. And it's back like that moment when I was fishing out on the Gulf. It's like, gosh, man, it got slick. How did that happen? The clouds, the storms, it all went away. It's because they realized in that moment who had the authority, who was really in charge. You know who's in charge of your health? Jesus, Son of God. You know who's in charge of your mind? Jesus, the Son of God. You know who's in charge of your emotions when they go haywire? Jesus, the Son of God. You know who's in charge of this world and what happens and things that happen, Jesus, the son of God. He is the authority. Now, as complex as your equation may be in your life to say, well, what about this? 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 Then I might return to you the way that Jesus returned to his disciples and say, wait a minute, where's your faith? What are you putting faith in? Because if your faith is in something else, prepare to be disappointed and prepare for your boat to sink. Because it's going to sink. The waves are going to come. The lightning's going to hit. The storms are going to close in. It's going to cut off your path to safety. It's going to happen every single time. But Jesus is in your boat. And if your faith, as he said to them, O oh, ye of little faith, where is your faith? not in him, then you're missing out on the one who has the authority. And what did they say of Jesus? What just happened? Who is he? Who is he that even the wind and the waves obey him? Here's what I know. If he has the authority of the Son of God to make creation obey him 
then he has the authority over any other storm that you're walking through right now. He has the authority. So trust him. Exercise the significance of your faith in Christ in the powerful moment that you're presented with and recognize the authority of the Savior is what's going to lift you up and carry you through and deliver you to safety in the arms of God on the other side. There's no better place to be than all in the boat with Jesus. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you today for your church. Jesus, you died for the church. The church is the men and women, the boys and girls, the students, the people who trust in you as their Savior and as their Lord. Today, Father, I, I pray for any person who is not with you in the boat. They haven't asked you to join into their life, to live in their heart and to save them. I pray for them right now. That the eyes of their soul, their spirit may be open and enlightened to realize you are the Son of God. You have all authority. The authority to save their souls and the authority, the authority to change their lives. I pray for them right now. That you would speak truth to their hearts and that they would be prepared to respond. God, I pray for your disciples today, followers of you who have already trusted you by faith, but yet feel like their boats are sinking, they're filling up with water, and they've forgotten that you're with them in the boat. Lord, I, I pray for Christians who've gone all in on something else instead of all in on you, and they've forgotten that there you are on the cushion in the stern of the boat right there with them the whole time. Remind us nothing catches you by surprise and there's nothing that you, God, cannot overcome. Everything is under your control. So teach us to have the faith of a mustard seed, to exercise that in the moments of life and to know that you are the authority over your household over your family, over the church. Jesus, we thank you for all that you are, for all that you've done, and all that you're going to do. And we pray this today, that you would increase our faith. In Jesus' name, amen.